0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, May 8th, 2020. And we just completed another week, and states are beginning to reopen the, their economies. Some more aggressive about it, and some haven't even started. But most have at least gone into phase one of what their opening is. I, I thought it was pretty funny here in California when the governor listed some of the uh, businesses he's going to reopen, and he listed on their shoe stores. And I'm just wondering, you know, you're not supposed to go in the shoe store. You're just supposed to pick up the stuff on the outside of the shoe store. You can't go in. Well, how do you try the shoes on? I thought that was pretty funny, but I don't see how that's going to work. Anyways, let's, we are, all states are beginning to at least start to crack the crack the uh, the, the the COVID shutdown open. That's good. That's really good. I, I, you know, they're trying to do it slowly. They're trying to protect everybody's health. And you know, I, I'm just not expert enough to know how fast, how slow they should go. I don't know. But for us investors, you know, it's very important. The stock market always trades on what they think the future is going to look like. And obviously, investors are thinking the future is looking, looking kind of bright at this point. So probably because all the trillions of dollars the Federal Reserve and the, and the federal government is throwing at the problem. I think that's probably the main reason. Because it certainly isn't the numbers. You know, the economic numbers or the earnings numbers, they're not going to look good. Just not. Okay, this is a call-in show. I want to hear from you. I'll answer any questions you have, as long as it's financial. And the number is 888-99-CHART. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you will call me. This is a call-in show every hour, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. And, of course, through this this radio show and podcast, Justin and I try to help you become a better investor. Independent thinking, shared success, and become a better investor. You know, it's always a learning process, and it's going to go on for all your life. If you have the interest, you'll know. <laughs> on and on and on, you learn more things. So do I. Yeah, I've been doing this for a lot of years, and I learn new stuff all the time. Okay, so now it's time to give me a call. 888-99-CHART is the number, and I'll be happy to take live calls. Now, during the, this COVID flu period that we're having, we postponed our traveling tri- trips um, unfortunately, you know, I do like going uh, to meet people and it's been kind of hard not to do that, but we still will look at your portfolio. We'll still, still via Skype or Jive or just a telephone conversation, talk about review and give you our feedback on your portfolio. So do that. You got to contact us and send, send me an email, go to invest.com. Send me, contact me, send a request, anything, and we will get in touch. And we'll, you know, we're going to need your portfolio, obviously, so then we can set up a time to talk about it. So go to investtalk.com and send me an email. Okay, investtalk.com. My main talking point today: an economist with, with, what is purported to be a perfect record. It's betting the current recession will be over by the end of 2020. Now, you know, yesterday I talked about it's all over the place of what experts are saying, when and how this recovery is going to be, which tells me no one really knows for sure. But this guy is pretty good, has been pretty good in the past, and so we're going to discuss what his opinions are about how this is going to turn out to be. So we'll, we'll do that. That'll be the main talking point today. The other things I have, I want to talk about a little bit about the statistics that came out. We had the job, uh, jobless claims, and the unemployment rate and that kind of information. There was one little surprise in that it was much better than expected. But if you sit back and take a look at the overall picture, you'll know why. And I wanted to go over that. Many experts are saying we have uh, put in the lows for the stock market. Maybe. That's possible. And the longer we have a a recovery from that low, the better the possibility is. So we'll explore that a little bit. And did you see the new machine that makes cocktails, alcoholic cocktails? Huh? Is that something we need now in this COVID flu environment that we're in? A machine that makes us uh, alcoholic drinks, cocktails. Well, it's new. Same people that made... uh, the the coffee you know the coffee thing that you put in one cup at a time, Kroger or Kroger, Chrome, whatever the name is. I don't drink coffee, so I don't ever have a need for that. But it's kind of an interesting concept. We'll talk about that too. The market was up, up nicely. Dow was up four hundred and forty five points, Nasdaq 142, and the S&P up forty nine. Big numbers, lots of volatility. But it's up. It's a good sign. Let's go to Mac and Cabo San Lucas. How you doing Mac?
0: Really well. It's uh, getting hot here, but beaches are still closed along with everything else.
1: Really.
0: Um, I, yeah, no unemployment uh, safety net here either. No unemployment insurance, and
1: really? the economy's They'll
0: about ninety be- percent tourist dependent.
1: Oh um, man, you're getting crushed then.
0: Yeah, for uh, the locals here, probably hurting. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, kind of bleak here, and the em- beaches are still empty. Um, I was calling you about RE. I've been wanting e? to get in this for a long time, and I was looking at it. And it and first question, is this a cyclical stock?
1: Okay, good question. Uh, for everybody else, that's a really good question. RE, uh, this is Everest, uh, Everest Reinsurance. It looks like a uh, yeah a reinsurance company. Everest Reinsurance Group. Uh, It's a Bermuda-based company offering reinsurance and insurance products in the U.S. and international markets. Uh, Okay, what what is reinsurance? Insurance companies, in general, you know, when they write a million-dollar liability policy or $10 million, they do not take all that risk. They go to the reinsurance market, and they insure themselves against that kind of risk. And that's what the reinsurance is. It's an insurance company that insures insurance companies. There's different ways to do that. So your basic question, is insurance companies a cyclical business? And the answer is not really, no. Because if you're talking about auto insurance and homeowner insurance, no. If you're talking about financial kind of annuities and things, yes. So it's kind of a difficult question depending on who the insurance company. A reinsurance company like this is not cyclical because it insures insurance companies. So, yeah, this uh, this looks pretty good, actually. Uh, their earnings are going to be $22.04 this year, then $23.71 next year. Growing sales, a little bit erratic, but for the last five or six quarters, sales growth has increased. 1% in the most recent quarter. quarter before that was 24%. And that's not unusual for insurance companies because, you know, their contracts come due about every quarter or once a year. So they have a, you know, kind of a cyclical kind of uh, income coming in. Pays 3.5% dividend, uh, not a lot of debt, return in equity is 10%, cash flow is very strong. Uh, It looks like a pretty good insurance company. So if you want to buy it, it's fallen, coming off the bottom of 100, you know, uh, what was that? Let me pull that up here, over here. See that bottom. Right now, it's selling for $176.80. Oh, it's retested the bottom. Yeah, this might be a good spot to buy it. Because they already retested the bottom, Mac. Give it a shot. Appreciate the call. Symbol is RE. It is Friday. We have jam-packed program scheduled. I will be sharing highlights from the KBP Premium Newsletter. And I've got a tribute question. And of course, I want to hear your questions. You drive the show. This is the best talk. Give us a call. 888-99-CHART. Now that this coronavirus scare has shut down all the gymnasiums, my wife has had to go and start running again. That's her normal workout now. And all of a sudden, her knees became inflamed, creating lots of pain. Obviously, she's looking for relief and started applying Quanta's Muscle Rub multiple times per day, three times a day. She told me it helps reduce her soreness and discomfort. Now, if you listen to our podcast, you know I'm skeptical about many of these kind of products. I'm here to tell you, from personal experience, this brand is believable. Quanta is a publicly traded applied science company. They make health and wellness products utilizing patented technology and makes them up to five times more efficient. Their flagship product is an all-natural muscle rub that alleviates aches and pains because it directly reduces inflammation. We have teamed up to help listeners to invest talk. So for a limited time, you can save 20% off of all Quanta's health wellness products by using the coupon code INVEST, that's I-N-V-E-S-T, on their website. Their website is buyquanta.com. That's B-U-Y-Q-U-A-N-T-A dot com.
2: You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID-19 crisis has caused unprecedented change in the markets. And now more than ever, with an asset portfolio to protect, you need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here, and he's taking your calls now. 99 chart. 888-992-4278 nine
1: nine two four two seven eight. Let's talk to uh, Mario in Kansas. Let's talk about Stone Echo Limited,
3: Mario. Hello. Uh, I'm thinking to diversify my portfolio by adding some emerging market stocks. I picked the stocks S T N E. What do you think? Okay,
1: the stock uh, emerging market is out of Brazil. It's a Brazilian company providing financial technology solutions for merchants and integrated party parties. So I'm assuming a, a, some type of credit card processor, payment processor of some kind. Probably part of their business. I'd have to look into it. Just looking at the numbers, uh, they made 76 cents a share last year. This year they're supposed to make 60 cents. Next year it's supposed to bounce up to 89 cents. Uh, the sales growth is very strong. 40 50 60 percent sales growth the last three or four quarters so sales are very very strong on the company uh, it is a cyclical company because it processes payments and when you process payments it depends on how good your economy is so really what you want to look Mario, is how strong is the Brazilian economy you know is it is it growing is it sh- we know it's probably shrinking uh, but how bad will it shrink it, this company fell from $45 a share all the way down to almost $18, and now it's back at $28. I think it's a pretty solid company, and if you're patient and wait for the economy to turn around in Brazil, this this stock will turn around with it. It'll keep going up. So it's a pretty good company, not very much debt, which is always good. So, uh, you know, I kind of like it. Mutual funds are buyers. Kind of like it. Mario, thanks for the call. St. Ne, it is a cyclical company, meaning it suffers in recessions. But don't everybody don't we already know that we're in a deep recession? So if we already know that we're in a deep recession. Is Brazil in a deep recession? If that's the case, is it time to start buying some stocks, or do we wait for that wait for that uh, 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 retest of a lows? Are we going to get one? Chances are good we will get one. Very good. My main talking point today concerns a story about economists who's supposed to be perfect. records, supposed to have a perfect record of knowing uh, when the recession's going to start, when it's going to flare up, uh, when the is going to start back. And I, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with the perfect record part. But you know, you know, he says, and I'm not necessarily disbelieving him. He's he's saying the same things I kind of been saying. That the government's throwing so much money at the market, at the uh, at the financial market, at, just at the economy, so much money that it almost has to has to rebound quickly, and he thinks it's going to be up by the by the end of the year. So he's looking at a bad quarter this year, this quarter, uh, which of course is you know the middle quarter then. The third quarter will be recovering. By the fourth quarter, will be fine. Well, I think I actually, and I won't it be subject to the coronavirus? and I mean, if there's, when we start to open up and if it flares up, what's going to happen? And do we have to re, <coughs> re-shut it down again? It's all going to be subject to those things. And how afraid will the government be to reopen when they're starting to get more and more cases? You know those cases are going to increase when they start opening it up. It's a natural consequence the main reason why they closed it down they felt that the the health system would be just swamped like it was in new york and we couldn't take care of the the sick people we didn't wouldn't have enough beds we wouldn't have enough ventilators and all that so i i don't think they have that fear as much as they did before because we've gotten prepared so they might even with a flare up as we reopen they'll probably let it go well, this is not too bad. This is Invest.com. I'm Steve Peasley. and if you've been listening to InvestTalk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. And as a first step, of course, you can go to our website and calibrate your personal risk tolerance. Okay, it's a free online tool at InvestTalk.com called Riskalyze. It's a risk questionnaire. It's very short. So go take it. InvestTalk.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888 99 Chart.
2: You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday, and there's now some optimism in the air with states reopening and economic activity resuming. So you'll have finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888 99 Chart.
3: Hi, this is Steve from Massachusetts, and I had a question about municipal bond funds. I never hear anyone talk about them, and I have a good portion of my non-tax investments in a municipal bond fund in Massachusetts. It's FDMMX, and I wanted to understand if, due to the lack of revenue going into the state, if there's any risk associated with investing in the municipal bond fund, I primarily like it because it's uh, tax deferred at both the state and federal level and supposedly is low risk. But in this new COVID environment, wanted to understand whether, you know, the lack of payroll taxes, tolls, just all of that state revenue going in is creating risk of uh, any kind of uh, bankruptcy or default for the state. I'll listen for your answer on the show. Thank you so much. And the,
1: and the answer is yes, the risk level has jumped just a little, but not, not enough to really worry too much about. Uh, for everybody else, so this fund is Federal Massachusetts Municipal Bond Fund. So when municipalities in a particular state issue bonds, you can buy them, and they're double tax-free. You don't have to pay tax on the income from the bonds through the state or federal. So that's why they're double tax-free, and that's why they're attractive. But also, that's why they pay very low rates, because they're double tax-free. And we don't talk about them a lot, because we're talking to a lot of people in a lot of different states. So, you know, you have to buy the municipal bond funds for your state to get the double tax-free. If you buy, if you lived in uh, Massachusetts and you bought a Connecticut bond, it would not be double tax-free. It would be single tax-free in Connecticut. But, you know, it, it's, it's so... They're just not that popular because they pay so little. Now, federal bonds, federal bonds by the U.S. government are considered uh, 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 risk-free; no risk involved. You will get your money. You will get your interest. Then the next level is municipal bonds, and the, the the risk there is just a tad under the federal, so it's still pretty riskless. Why? Because even if they file chapter a bankruptcy, they still will pay their obligations. That just might take longer to pay it. But, but usually it's very rare for a municipality to file bankruptcy because they can always increase taxes to pay their bonds, and they will, and they do. So so there's not a lot of risk, but there is a little increased risk because of this shutdown of the economy. That That's the risk. Shutting down the economy is going to have huge ripple effects in all kinds of ways, all kinds of ways. I'm more concerned about the lower-income people, the, 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 the marginal workers. They're the ones that are suffering the most. And it's obvious. And I, I'm, I'm more concerned with that strata of workers out there. Anyways, this is talk everybody. appreciate you listening and give me a call. The, the line is live, 888-99-CHART. We're always live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5. So give me a call. Uh, here's some of the stats out. You know, every Friday I usually go over the, the treasury yields of 2 years at 0.12%, almost 0.13%, 10 years at 0.67. So those rates are very very low, but the yield spread is very good. The yield spread is getting lo- wider, which indicates that it's the economy may improve. Now, I was talking to Justin today and we were thinking that it is possible that when go negative interest rates it's possible, I, I hope not, because I, I don't think it helps. I don't think it helped Europe or Japan when they went negative a few years ago. It didn't help their economy. So I, I think it's, 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 I don't think it's a good idea. I just don't. Uh, let's see, A uh, uh, gold at $1,717 an ounce. So uh, that's been pretty good. Bitcoin, we don't, we don't talk about Bitcoin very much, because I don't like talking about Bitcoin, because... I don't know how you evaluate it, but Bitcoin sell a top $10,000 per coin, just recently since February. Oil prices $24 a barrel. Now, gasoline, $1.82 a gallon is the average. California $2.74, Nevada $2.31, Missouri $1.66 a gallon. Now, still don't know why they get the cheapest gas, Missouri. I know why California is one of the most expensive gas. Because they put on all kinds of taxes, and they have special summer blends, and, you know, California just can't wait to grab our tax dollars. They just love them. They love our money. 888 chart 888-992-4278. We had some economic numbers out today. 20.5 million jobs were lost in April. 20.5 million jobs. Total for people applying for unemployment benefits, benefits is 33 million. Unemployment rate, 14.7%. That's a 50-year low unemployment rate. What really was interesting is wages were up sharply. Wages were up 4.7%. Of course, when I saw that, I had to read, well, why was that? That's unsound, right? Well, the reason being, reason being is because low-income wagers lost their jobs, while service workers have higher income. More, you know, Trivia question: As we go to break, I have a two-part trivia question. What are the four types of Treasury securities? And going back in time, what was the name of the agency that managed U.S. debt? I'll have the answer after the break, but now we're taking your market financial questions live, 888 989 chart.
2: Numbers are elusive.
3: But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money?
2: They're always changing.
3: Their debt to equity ratio is fairly low.
2: Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming.
3: Hi, Steve and Justin. I am question regarding real estate.
2: Everything counts.
0: I was wondering if you could shed a little bit more light on ExxonMobil. Jason,
1: El Segundo, how you doing? let go to Robert
0: in San Leandro. He wants an ETF follow-up.
2: Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support.
0: I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial
2: business. Since it all started, the total number of Talk downloads has now exceeded 22 million.
3: Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been listening to you guys for two years, and I absolutely love your show.
2: InvestTalk.com. You are listening to Talk. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question. What are the four types of treasury securities? And going back in time, what was the name of the agency that managed U.S. debt? First, let me provide a definition. New United States Treasury securities are government debt instruments. They're bonds or bills or notes, right? They are issued by the United States Department of the Treasury to finance our government because our government spends a lot more money in tax dollars that it brings in. Okay, so what are the four types? Treasury bills, treasury notes, treasury bonds and Treasury inflation-protected securities. So the government sells these securities. You can buy them as an individual, but they sell massive amounts of them to various countries, various money houses, those kinds of things. The auctions are conducted by Federal Reserve Bank of New York, after which they can be traded in the secondary market. They're auctions. Did you know that? the rates on these treasury notes bills bonds and and they they are not they are set by you and me and the financial houses not by the government what will we pay to own those bonds or bills or notes how much interest will we do they have to pay us to own those things so it's auctioned so since 2012 US government debt has been managed by the bureau of Fiscal Service, succeeding the Bureau of Public Debt. I wonder why they changed bureau bureaus. I don't know. Anyways, that's that's what that's all information about U.S. bills, bonds, notes, and tips. Dan, San Diego, how you doing, Dan? Real good, Steve. You sound pretty good. Uh, yeah. I got two quick things. The
0: first thing is on unemployment. I've uh, talked to several people that are in no hurry to go back to work uh, they're definitely not planning on going until after january july 31st
1: that's right because
0: with that six with that 600 hundred dollar kicker they're making more money than they were making before they got yeah. laid off
1: why would they go back so, when yeah i know yeah, I, I it's it's a disincentive yeah. uh, you got to be real careful about giving people money one of the reasons Europe, by the way, just, Dan, as a side note, one of the reasons Europe has a habitually high unemployment rate, even when their economies are doing good, they still have a 10% unemployment rate. That's full employment for them. That's because they pay high services, high uh, unemployment rates, and you don't have to, you know, that's very different than here. They can live just fine on what they get from the government. So they, there's a yeah. certain thing with people that don't go back to work. They don't want to. Yep.
0: I don't see the unemployment rate coming down real fast anytime soon. Um, What I wanted to ask you about was the uh, inverse Qs, the SQQQ. Is it time to buy the
1: inverse? Ah, I was wondering what you were going to ask about that. Okay, this uh, SQQQ is ProShares Ultra Pros uh, Qs, which means it's an exchange-traded fund corresponding to three times, 300%, of the inverse of the daily performance of the NASDAQ 100. So, if the NASDAQ 100 goes up, this will go down three times as fast. If the NASDAQ 100 goes down, this will go up three times as fast. So, it's the inverse, the absolute inverse. And I I would not, I I don't like the leverage funds because they're too scary for me, Dan, but I'll tell you this. In one of our programs, we've been slowly adding to our inverse uh, inverse, uh, uh, NAS, uh, inverse index funds. And one of them is the Qs. Just right. not, it's just not just three times the Qs. But so we've, we've been slowly adding as the market got stronger. We're being very careful about it, but we never got out of our shorts, and we've been adding little bits to it in our one program that we short the market in. So I'm going to have to say probably yes. But be very careful. Don't just jump in. Who knows when the market will roll over. Okay? Dan, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's keep moving. Here comes another caller question. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hello. Thank you, Steve and Justin, for your excellent program. I am calling about a recommendation that Justin had a few days ago. He said that his favorite miner was Franco Nevada Corporation, FNV. And I went to try to buy some of that stock, and there were some tax implications. I tried to buy it through Fidelity, and there were tax implications because it's a Canadian corp that I didn't quite understand. was just curious how you buy that stock and if there's a way around the complicated tax message I was getting from Fidelity. Thank you.
1: Uh, no, there's no way around it because it is a Canadian. Franco-Nevada Corporation is, is a Canadian company out of Toronto. Gold-focused royalty and stream For 370 royalty and stream properties interest. So that royalty throws a wrench. You're going to have to pay taxes, and there's a Canadian tax, and then there's an offset for Cal- you know, the United States. I'm not sure how it works. And by the way, Franklin, Nevada Corporation not my favorite uh, gold stock. I like NEM better. I'm not supposed to say that. Newmont Corporation uh, better, but that's just me. And that's a Colorado company, so might want to just switch companies. That way you don't avoid the whole tax debate. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers this morning and is... Packed as usual with lots of information. Uh, of course, the first section is the market condition market conditions section, and I stated the U.S. has been begun to take small steps to reopen the economy. However, we've had little in the way of good economic news. Although I suppose you could consider last week's reading uh, reading of a uh, of only 3.1 million unemployment claims good news because that number has been higher every week the last four weeks so finally it's lower but three million is still a lot so there's not much good news out there uh we had the non-payroll non uh, the official non-farm payrolls that number came up 14.7 percent uh unemployment rate 20.5 million jobs lost uh and i mentioned cash is king but gold might be exhibiting you know king-like qualities so it might, you know, and it seems like it could be something that we've been talking about for a while, and it's been taken off. And if you listen to the show, we know we've been pretty strong on gold going back last last year, and we're getting rewarded for that. And we actually been strong strong gold for the last couple of years, so simply because of what's going on with the with the uh, with the, the QE and. What the government's doing is just gotten to be look like a better bet to, to us. So, portfolio management section, uh, I said, you know, you can't just rely on P.E. ratios, especially when the E is going down as fast as we've seen. But there's other, other metrics you can look at. Make sure the company's making money, for instance. And make sure the debt levels is, you know, at or below industry average. Um, Make sure the management uh, owns some of the stocks of the company they're managing. That kind of thing. You don't have to only look at the E, and you should never only look at the earnings and the price-earnings ratio. It's a good indicator, but it's only one of many. Okay, so. And I talked about, you know, again, you need to to book your flights, everybody. If you're going to go on vacation, do it now. Do it now. First, you'll help the airline industry. Second, you'll get them really cheap. Okay, so I would just hurry up. Uh, the stock I did, a blue chip company that uh, is suffering from the COVID-19 crisis. Parts of its business are closed, but eventually they're going to reopen. And I thought the company was strong enough to mention that you might want to consider it now. And I singled out a large generic drug maker in the newsletter. So that, those are the kinds of things you can get in the newsletter, everybody. It comes out every friday every friday you come out with the information so there's a lot of valuable information in the kpp premium newsletter and you can subscribe it's very easy you go you do it through InvestTalk.com. and of course after you subscribe you'll get the full report every friday directly in your inbox now is this information raises any questions if it does i encourage you to reach out to jester or myself you can call our Irvine, California office, or just send me a message or email through investtalk.com. I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Okay, let's grab another caller question.
0: Hey, my name is Ricky. I don't really do the stock market all that much, but as soon as I you knew the, the bottom fell out, I went ahead and found money real quick. I got money in Fun and Play, which is I'm sorry Cedar Point and uh, Dave and Buster's. And they've been doing really well. And just everything I had money into is doing real well. ERI, DRI, CCL somehow. I caught it real low and it's, it's moving for whatever reason. The question is, in about a week or so, I get paid again. I was wondering if there was still meat on the bone. If there was any stocks that still had, you know, four times left in them or three times whatever I invest, you know, popping out. So let me know.
1: Thanks. Bye. Okay, there will always be opportunities in the market, always. But some of those stocks that you've done very, very well, you need to take profits. See, this is a mistake that many people do. They think if they got lucky, they got in at the right right time, and congratulations, that's good for you, that it's just things are just going to continue to do that. No, it doesn't. Especially uh, in Carnival Cruise, uh, they might file bankruptcy. You know, you said mentioned CCL. Um, so I would take some profits off the table, wait for the market to fall again if it does. If it doesn't, that's okay. But there's always opportunities. But you got to know what you're doing. you got to know you just don't can't pick stocks and think, okay, I'm a great stock picker because these stocks went up. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. All, all stocks, well, not all, but a lot of stocks go up when the overall market goes up. Lost stocks go down when the overall market goes down. Your job is know when to cut back, take a little profit, when to reinvest that money, when, or just stay the course and buy good, solid, fundamental companies. But do you know how to know, know what a good, solid, fundamental company is? So, yeah, there's opportunities, but you're going to have to be very, very careful in this market that we're dealing with. Let's go to Maasai in Kansas. How you doing, Maasai?
3: I'm awesome. fine, and you? Uh, I want to buy fine.
1: some shares of uh, Verizon for a long term. What do you think? I like Verizon. We own Verizon in several of our accounts. Uh, I, I think it's a very strong company. Uh, provides local exchange network access. All blah blah. blah. Two hundred thirty-five billion dollar company. You can't go wrong. I'm paying a four point three percent dividend now. Uh, it's hard, and it was up. Wow, it was up by uh, what? Two and a half percent today. Uh, I like Verizon, it's at $57, it got as low as $49, $50, and uh, you buy these kind of stocks when they're uh, inexpensive, and they're going to make $4.90 next year, so that means our P.E. is like 11, right, so maybe 11.5, that's pretty low price, so I have no problem with you picking up some shares here. Maybe buy half a position and see if it falls and halfway down to that low of down to low 50s, pick up the other half. It's kind of how I would play it. Verizon, VZ, everybody. Verizon Communications. Okay, on an annual basis, consumer borrowing. Did you see this? That plunged in March. It dropped to the biggest drop since 1989. What happened? To okay, total consumer credit fell twelve billion dollars. Okay, that's a three point four percent annual rate in March. And that's the first decline since August of 2011 First decline. Remember it fell twelve billion. So it wasn't a little decline, it was a huge decline. Okay, so revolving credit like credit cards, that fell twenty-eight billion. Twenty-eight billion, that's where the, the damage was. That's a 30.9% decline, annual rate of decline. So non-revolving credit, which is autos and student loans, that rose $16 billion, 6.2%. Now that does not include mortgage loans, does not. So people stop using their credit cards. That's what that's telling you. They've really reduced the, that, isn't that obvious? You don't have a job. You're not gonna, you don't have a job. You're not going to use your credit card, right? You're just not. Now, many experts are saying right now we have put in the lows, okay, the lows for the market. And as the market keeps improving from that bottom, it looks like it may be the low, okay? Don't think that the market won't possibly retest that lows. It, it's, it's very common to go ahead and retest that low. But with all the trillions of dollars the Fed and the and the national government is putting into the economy, I can see an argument having a valid point. Remember, our economy shrank, what, 14% in the most recent quarter. The, the economy didn't shrink nearly about that much during the, the financial crisis in 2008, and the stock market went down 50%, percent 5 this market only went down like 35, 36% from top to bottom. So this market, <laughs> I mean, the economy, the, the reason being is because investors feel that it's going to snap back pretty fast, the economy. Well, I'm not convinced it's going to be that fast. I think it's going to snap back, but uh, it's not going to be fast, in my opinion. This is best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, the work continues right after this break. So get your questions in. The number is 888 99 chart.
2: On the next Invest Talk, this analyst's opinion why the stock market is up in spite of historic job losses. That story, Monday. But now, Steve Peasley is here, he's taking your calls, and he'll have unbiased answers. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to James in New York. How are you doing, James? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Um, I, you know, I'd like to know uh, just one thing. Uh, with the limited choices available to me in a 401K, mm-hmm. do you think there's any downside whatsoever uh, to rolling those funds over into, say, a traditional IRA? Should I second? Yeah, I pretty much made up my mind that I'm going to do that. But no, is there any what reason why that
1: wouldn't be advisable? No, it is always advisable in my mind. Always, because uh, your choices are very limited in 401Ks. or they're unlimited in an IRA. And the 401K is expensive. They're usually much more expensive than an IRA. I mean, you don't have to buy mutual funds. You can buy stocks, and you can buy stocks. Or ETS are much cheaper than mutual funds, and stocks are free in most uh, trading accounts. If you go to TD Ameritrade or Schwab, there won't be any trading costs at all. So it's cheap, cheap, cheap. And you're not, you know, why not do it? I got, you got unlimited choices. So yeah, you would roll into an IRA. That's the smartest thing to do. James, appreciate the call. Thank you. We're getting many more voice bank questions. So let's go ahead and squeeze another one in here. This call came in from Colorado.
3: Hello, Justin, Steve. My name is Elizabeth, Colorado. Love the show. First of all, I have a position in Visa, had it for a while, I'm a little concerned about where it's going in light of the coronavirus and their competition with PayPal and uh, Squarespace or Square. And um, second of all, I'd like to know as far as your charting goes, when you use charting to figure out if it's a bear market or a bull market or sideways and where a particular security is going, what time frame do you use and what kind of patterns? Thanks again. Love the show. I'll be listening for it during the week. Thank you. Uh, okay,
1: Visa, as simple as V, provides global payment solutions to support of credit card, deb- debit, payment programs and financial institutions. It's you know one of the one of uh, if not the strongest credit card company out there, um, and they have made a nice V bottom on the stock price, uh, bottomed about one thirty five. Now here's at one eighty five. Started at two fifteen. So it hasn't made it all the way back, but it just broke above the 200-day moving average a couple days ago, which is a good sign. Uh, and you start with a one-year chart, a one-year chart showing daily prices of the stock. So it's one-year daily price stock chart. That's what you're looking at. That's where you start with. We do. That's what we start with. Um, and then we might go to a weekly or a monthly, depending on what we're looking at. And to reading charges is, is 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 something you can learn, and I just want to warn everybody out there: it's not a science. It doesn't always come true. It tends to come true because people tend to repeat what they do. Human nature is repetitive. You know, people get frightened at the same time; they get excited at the same time, and they tend to do the same thing. And to reading charges trying to. Delve into that part of human nature is why is this stock going here and there and based on past patterns of buying and selling. But whenever you look for a company, you always look at the fundamentals first. First and foremost is the fundamentals of the company. Earnings, sales, profit margins, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, return on equity, return to assets, uh, EBITDA, on and on and on and on. But then you turn to charting, which helps you helps you decide when to buy and when to sell. That's what it does. OK? New machines came out to make cocktails. Just what we need, right, from this coronavirus. Uh, we need some more cocktails. OK, this is from uh, the, what, I don't remember, the, the coffee maker croup or croup, you know, the one cup coffee. You put the little thing in, and it makes one cup at a time, and you have all these fancy different coffees. That company came out with it. And they did it with in conjunction with Anheuser-Busch and Dr. Pepper <laughs> and K-Cup. So <clears throat> you get little cups of liquid, and then it it it, it puts in the water and uh, bubbles or whatever else. I really don't think it's going to be work out too well. I really don't. But it was an interesting read. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another InvestTalk program and another week. I will return Tuesday. Justin will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please remember that you can access our free InvestTalk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, review, and rate, and let your friends know. We have posted an all-new April bonus show, too, on the podcast. So, take a look. Justin and I answered 29 questions on that bonus show, by the way. Everybody, have a great weekend. I'll see you next week. Be safe.
0: InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.